How many people are doing last-minute Christmas shopping? Raise your hand. Whoa, just a few of you? I was running around like a, like a crazy person yesterday and going to different stores and trying to find things. And uh, it's interesting uh, the difference in how people are responding to last-minute Christmas shopping. Either they're really anxious or stressed or they're really happy because they're only getting that last thing and it's no big deal. And, uh, and so as I'm running around, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of the drugstore where I picked up some, some medication, and this lady is chasing me. And I'm like, I wonder if I should run or not. <laughs> you never know, right? Like sometimes you see me out and you'll say hi to me and I, and I might look at you quizzically and I'm, I'm like, where do I know you from? Just come up and grab me by the hair and say, I know you from the church. This is who I am. Or reintroduce yourself. This woman does not know me from the church. She just really liked my shirt and she wanted to tell me. <laughs> I'm like... Thank you, I think. Wow, that, that really meant a lot to her. It's, um, it's a shirt I got up at Vina at the winery. Um, it's for New Clairvaux, and those, we love those guys up there. The monks just are, are wonderful. Um, but the back of the shirt says, uh, talks about their wines. It says, the secret ingredient is love. And she just loved it so much. I was thinking, well, I should have told her where to buy one. I was just so shocked that she wasn't chasing me, and I didn't have to run away. The truth is that we have a God who chases us down. He loves us first. Before we ever paid attention to him, he loved us. God demonstrates his love. He shows his love to us that while we were a long ways away from him, while we were sinners, Jesus came and died for us. And when I think about love, and we talked about this on Friday night if you joined us, there are different kinds of love in the Greek language, but agape love is this love that God shows. It's an unconditional divine kind of love, and as you look at the first century, it looks like maybe Christians made up this word. There's not a lot of references to it before the Bible, and th- this, this new word for this new thing, this new love for this new covenant that Jesus comes to bring. And then he even gives us a new command to show his love to others and reflect that love to the watching world. And so when we think about agape love, it's not love that is fickle and waiting for you to perform. It's a love that is a forgiving kind of love. Why? Because that's why Jesus came, to die for us so that we could be reconciled with him, so that our sins would be forgiven, those things that we've done that are so selfish and so hurtful and so not reflective of his kingdom. So it's a forgiving kind of love, but it's also a forgetting kind of love. And what do I mean by that? Well, in the Old Testament, it talks about God, when he forgives our sins, he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. He throws them into the bottom of the sea and remembers them no more. I can't even imagine that kind of love. I can't imagine a kind of love that would have that short of a memory because as much as we forgive, it's hard to figure out what to do with the memory of something that hurt us that was difficult. And certainly anyone with any kind of wisdom would say that if you get hurt, you certainly should forgive, and this is what God calls us to. 
just to reflect his kind of forgiveness to the world. But we still walk in wisdom and we learn healthy boundaries and we figure out what does it look like then to not touch the hot stove again, if you will. So it's a forgetting kind of love. And I don't, the only thing that I can think of that's like this kind of forgetting love is my dog. I can be in a horrible mood in the morning, right? And push the dog aside and not pay attention to it, forget to feed it and all that stuff and and go out, run some errands, all my last minute Christmas shopping, and I can come back and it's like the first time my dog has ever seen me. Have you ever had this experience before? They're just like, I love you, 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 I love you. And I'm like... I just was here. I just left. I haven't hardly been gone very long. And now I know that there's some scientific reason for this. The dogs, I can't can't remember. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. All I know is it really feels good. Sometimes you feel like your animal is the only one who loves you in this world. And maybe you're there this morning. You're like, Andrew, you're talking about love, but man, I don't get to experience it very often. I don't feel like there's that forgetting and forgiving kind of love. I don't really get to experience that. And I'm here to tell you that when you step into relationship with Jesus' church and you begin to get connected, you get to experience that kind of love. Psalm 68 says the Lord puts the lonely in families. And this is the expression of the family in the new covenant. Now, do I pray and hope that your actual blood family is a a wonderful thing? Sure. But I also know that family can be a very difficult place. And perhaps you've got some wounding. The truth is God wants to meet you and he wants to not only show you his love, but he wants to heal you. He wants to bring you into a place where you can have the strength to be able to let go of those hurts and forgive. Without his spirit, it sure is difficult to do anything that God asks us to do. And yet when we surrender to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I give you my life. You call the shots. I'll do it your way. And we we begin to walk with him. He gives us a gift of his Holy Spirit living inside us. And he gives us all the power and strength to be able to actually do the things that he asks us to do. He's not a tease. He doesn't ask you to do something, something impossible and then he's disappointed that you can't do it. He gives you his Holy Spirit which continues to give you everything you need as you walk out this life. And it is God himself who pours out his very love, Romans 5, 5 says, into our hearts that we might share it with others. So the good news is, if you're trying to love your family today and tomorrow, and maybe they're not perfect, and maybe they're not all easy to love, and there might be circumstances and situations, God has love for you to give away if you just ask him. So this is a God who gives us, he loves us first, and 2 Corinthians says, his love compels us. It, it, it gets me all fired up. His love gets me all fired up. When Jesus shows up to, to see the crowds, he has compassion on them. So, because they look like sheep without a shepherd. 
In the same way, he fires up my heart and he shows me those who are hurting and struggling and I want to come alongside them. One of the reasons I'm called to ministry and I'm a pastor is because I want to love people. I want to use my position and what I do to love people. And you don't have to be a pastor to love people. But I get to do that. And when we give our lives to Jesus, when we surrender to him and we listen for his assignments and what he tells us to do, there is great joy as we live that out. So for me, that looks like working at a church and doing church stuff, right? I get to walk with people who are grieving, working through grief even this week. I get to walk with people who have had babies in the last two weeks and all the joy that that comes with and everything in between. So that's my expression. And I just want you to know that if you surrender to Jesus, then he doesn't just love you. He doesn't just heal you. He, just, he doesn't just forgive you. He also gives you stuff to do. And he gives you an identity as a son or a daughter that's loved and cherished. And it gets to help other people because if you're like me and you're struggling maybe with love at this Christmas season, it's time to love someone else. If you feel like you're not, it's not coming this direction, right? So um, I want to put somebody on the spot this morning because it's a very rare opportunity. And either she's going to kill me or not, but I'm going to take my risk. Um, my sister is here today. She's a phantom. Uh, some of you don't think that she exists, so I'm going to bring her up on the stage for a second. She is a marriage and family therapist, so she gets to live out this same kind of ministry life as I do. So for you, because you always look better with flowers in your hands. Um, so she is getting to love people uh, in her job, and that's part of the thing. But we're also celebrating, not only did you, did you get a master's and you're a therapist, which is very important, and we believe in counseling, healthy people go to counseling. Healthy people, we're trying to be healthy, go to counseling, right? Um, but you defended your doctoral dissertation this last week, and you are now Dr. Wendy Burchett. So because I'm going to totally screw it up, I'm going to ask you, what was your dissertation about? Because it is an extension of this love for others that we help others that really need help. So can you tell us what your, doc, your dissertation, do you remember that? Hi, everybody. Some of you I haven't seen for a long time, and I still can't see you because it's dark, but... Um, uh, my dissertation was on um, the effects of an outdoor mountain hiking program on anxiety symptoms in active duty service members with PTSD. Yep. That's a mouthful. <laughs> so people who have P PTSD from military service getting outdoors doing stuff and it makes them healthy and it helps their, their symptoms. It certainly does. How there did was I do? A was, that, was that a good uh, bringing it down to seventh grade level? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, how long did this take you? Four years? Four years, yeah. Yeah, you had some bumps in the, in the road. So, uh, anyway, I love you. Thank you for letting me put you on the spot. I know you didn't have a choice. You, you can kill me later. Um, um, 
So my sister's in town with her boyfriend, uh, Ed, for the holidays, and we're excited to get to exchange presents and do all the things, and they even brought their dogs with them and good stuff. So, um, see, I really do have a sister, see? Now you know, she exists. I want to challenge you to consider surrendering your life to Jesus, because it's the best decision you're ever going to make. And it's what will give your life purpose and meaning. It will help you to have an avenue to understand the world and, and then assignments to be able to do. To love, to bless, and to help others to heal. And that's what my sister and I, we do it in our jobs, but we do it in our life. And our jobs just get to be a vehicle for the things that we do in our life. And uh, I want to leave you with this, this little story because I think it, it embodies how a Jesus follower oftentimes, well, we don't get it all right. If you're new to Jesus and you're checking out faith, you need to understand we don't get it all right all the time. And we know that. We're not going to pretend. But this is a story about Ted Stollard, this little boy. And... Well, he was kind of turned off by school. He was kind of sloppy in appearance. He was expressionless. He, he, there wasn't anything about him that made him stand out. And even his teacher, Miss Thompson, well, she liked taking her red pen and marking where he had gotten things wrong on his many wrong answers. Now, if Miss Thompson had only looked at the records, she would have read this. First grade, Ted shows promise with his work and attitude, but has a poor home situation. In second grade, it, it, it was written, Ted could do better. Mother seriously ill, receives little help from home. Third grade, Ted is a good boy, but is too serious. He's a slow learner. His mother died this year. Fourth grade, Ted is very slow, but well-behaved. His father shows no interest whatsoever. And so Christmas arrived. And Miss Thompson, with all of her children around her in her class, was unwrapping the gifts that they had elaborately wrapped and were giving, put, putting on her desk. And Ted brought a gift too. It was wrapped in brown paper and held together with scotch tape. And Miss Thompson opened each gift. And as the children crowded around to watch, out of Ted's package fell a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half of the stones missing and a bottle of cheap perfume. Now the children began to snicker. But realizing the moment, she silenced them by splashing some of that perfume on her wrist by letting them smell it, and she put the bracelet on too. At day's end, after the other children had left, Ted came by the teacher's desk and said, Miss Thompson, you smell just like my mother. And the bracelet looks really pretty on you. I'm really glad you liked my presence. And he left. Now Miss Thompson got down on her knees and ask God to forgive her, to change her attitude about Ted. The next day, the children were greeted by a different teacher. 
one who was committed to loving each of them, especially those who really were struggling, especially Ted. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, Ted began to show great improvement. He actually caught up with many of the students and even passed a few. Time came and went. Miss Thompson heard nothing from Ted for a long time. And then one day, she received this note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I will be graduated, graduating second in my high school class. Love, Ted. Four years later, another note arrived. Dear Miss Thompson, they just told me I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted you to be the first to know. The university has not been easy, but I really liked it. Love, Ted. Four years later, dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Theodore Stollard, MD. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know I'm getting married next month, on the 27th to be exact, and I want you to come and sit where my mother would sit if she were alive. You're the only family I have now. Dad died last year. Miss Thompson attended that wedding and sat where Ted's mother would have sat. The compassion she had shown that young man entitled her to that privilege. I believe that this is the kind of love that Jesus shows to us. And he gives us this love to give away to others. If you surrender to Jesus... This is the kind of life and impact you will have. And sure, you're not going to do it all right. Miss Thompson blew it, had to get on her knees and figure out how to do it better. That's every day for me. So I want to challenge you, no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus. Maybe this is a day to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I want to go all in. I'm, I, I've been kind of one foot in and one foot out. And today's the day. I'm just going gonna, gonna to trust you with my life. I want to surrender. And that might be you this morning. Or some of you, maybe you've walked away from Jesus a long time ago and you're just getting back to faith and you're saying, well, maybe I don't know how to step back into this thing. And I feel, it, this feels awkward to me. But today's the day where you just say, Lord, I'm not going to let this, the awkwardness get in the way. I'm going to just recommit my life to you. I'm going to tell you yes again. And that's a beautiful thing that maybe you're in that space. Or maybe you're just in a great space with Jesus where you've been doing life and you need to know the good news of the gospel is still the good news, not only for you, but for others. And so I just want to lead you in a quick prayer. The ABCs, admit. A is for admit. Admit that you've blown it and you need Jesus. Jesus, I've messed my life up and I need you. A, this is the ABCs. B, believe. Believe that Jesus is God in the flesh who came to earth in the form of a baby, grew up, became a man, died, and didn't stay dead but rose from the dead. Why? To defeat death on our behalf and to offer us this gift. We don't trust. This believing is really probably the better word is trusting him. Saying, okay, Jesus, I trust you with my life. Here you go. It's like when I hand my car keys to my 15-year-old daughter. It's a trust thing, right? I haven't got the license quite yet. I know she's 16. 
The illustration doesn't work if she's 16. I know how, how old my daughter is, okay? Admit, believe, stay on target, confess. Confess or commit. Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. And perhaps you're there this morning. And so I'm going to pray a, a, a very simple prayer. There's nothing special about these words, but perhaps you're going, I don't know how to pray this. Well, let me just help you. You can kind of pray little phrases just quietly right where you're sitting this morning. If you're in a place where you're like, yeah, I want to surrender. Or, or I'm coming back to you, Jesus, and I just want to recommit my life. And so, so Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I admit I've messed my life up. Trust you. Trust you with my life. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give my life to you today. Ask these next days. Come and be very near me. Help me walk the way you did. Give me your love, Jesus, to give to the world. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, certainly I would love to talk to you, and I'll just be down here down front. Would love to encourage you. I know that we've got a little little gift for you if you made that decision. We want to make sure you've got a Bible and uh, just get you connected to some, some people that could walk with you. Our goal is not to surround your house with 100 missionaries with big black Bibles. The goal is to love you and to help you grow because we don't walk this Christian life by ourselves. This is not a solo sport. It is very much a family. So if you made that decision this morning, welcome to the family. And uh, yeah. So here's what we'll do. Why don't you stand? I don't think it's ever been this dark on a Sunday morning, ever. I know you're out there. I just want to pray a blessing uh, over you and your family as we celebrate Christmas. And um, there is an old benediction. I'm going to sing it. If you know it, you can sing it with me, all right? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Not bad. May God bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace at this Christmas. May your family meals be filled with thanksgiving and not fighting. May, may all of the desires for this season come true as it points to Jesus being at the center. And may you find and live life to the fullest today 
and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas. We love you.